Since that uh, video came out at the end of January, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata's voice has improved considerably. And hey, at 71, she's looking pretty good, even more so when you consider that she's a quadriparaplegic. I first met Johnny and became familiar with her story when uh, she came to speak at the church I was attending during my university years, the People's Church in Toronto. One of my friends was her chauffeur and he was mesmerized by her passion and joy. Now, that is a few decades ago. And it's a story that has really impacted me at the time, and it continues to impact me today. Some of you uh, might know her story, but I suspect most of you don't. Johnny was a fun-loving, active 17-year-old, raised in an affluent church-going home, living the American dream. The world, with all of its opportunities, lay before her. It was the summer of 1967, uh, Johnny went to the beach in Chesapeake Bay, Massachusetts, as she often did with her sister. She dove into the bay, but she misjudged how shallow the water was. Tragically, she broke her spine. For more than 50 years now, uh, she has been paralyzed from the shoulders down. Johnny cried out with God with much faith for healing. This is what she wrote. I followed every scriptural injunction. I was anointed with oil, I went to the elders, I confessed sin. Uh, I would call my friends on the phone and insist, hey, next time you're going to see me, I'm going to be on my feet. Have faith with me, believe with me. But the healing never came. And she became deeply depressed, uh, suicidal, uh, was ready to trash her faith. There was, uh, back in the early 70s, a healing preacher by the name of Catherine Gulman, and Johnny went to one of her meetings in this huge ballroom. And the spotlight would uh, move around this ballroom and focus where healings were taking place. And Johnny's hopes got raised just real high that the spotlight would come over to the wheelchair section and land on her. But it never did. It never did. Talk about being disappointed with God. Can God heal quadriparaplegics? Absolutely. Do we see that happen a lot? No. Why? Well, the short answer is God usually allows the laws and principles of the world that he's created to operate without divine intervention. He does intervene and break through spectacularly with miracles, but this is not the everyday norm. I mean, think about it. The truth is, God has established certain rules of science, of physics, of biology that makes the world work best most of the time. God doesn't always play with those, you know, delicate, complex, uh, effective rules every time we pray. I mean, if he did, this world would become a little bit unstable. Add to that just the complication of living in a fallen, sin-wrecked world since the sin of Adam and Eve. You know, in the midst of this pandemic, right, we... We, we don't normally live in a pandemic like this, but, but this pandemic is because we live in a sin-wrecked, fallen world. Still, we know that God loves us. Well, we know that God is able. We've seen him intervene before, and so we pour our hearts out to him in prayer. But often, we have to do what Johnny ultimately did. Eventually, Johnny surrendered the whole of her disabled life back to God. She prayed what we call a prayer of surrender, a prayer of relinquishment. It's the same prayer that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. Not my will, but yours be done. As you saw in that video clip, I mean, Johnny is a woman of great faith. 
I have a reproduction of a color pencil drawing she did uh, using her mouth to uh, make that picture. It was a gift from the youth group I led back in the 80s because they heard me talk so much about Johnny. Look at the spectacular detail of that piece, all done by a, a pencil in her mouth. Blows me away. Decades later, it is uh, Johnny's conviction that it had been God's will that she would be used by God to bring comfort and hope and advocacy for millions of disabled people all over the world. Her impact worldwide is absolutely incredible. Johnny does believe that one day she will be free from that wheelchair, but it might not be on this side of heaven. Uh, a year ago, as COVID began to march across our country, uh, some friends of mine in Muskoka, Ontario, with connections to my previous church in Thunder Bay, contacted me about a brother uh, in their family back in Thunder Bay. He had come down with COVID, was in the hospital. Would I pray for David and get others praying? And, and could I help uh, get David connected with some pastoral care from Thunder Bay as he was in the hospital? It was not difficult to find some people to connect with David, and it was not hard to raise up a team to pray for David's healing. David did have some other health issues, but still, being in his 50s, we figured he'd be okay, and, and we kind of expected that God would just love to turn up and heal. That was not to be the case, and David became the first COVID-19 death in that city. We, we've been in this series of messages called Amen, and it's been about prayer. And we've been using material uh, from the prayer course that I led earlier this year. The prayer course comes out of Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. Great book. I really recommend it. Now, up until these two stories that I've just told, uh, all of the stories have been stories of uh, God powerfully, supernaturally answering prayer. I mean, I just love to tell stories where we see God supernaturally at work. But truth be told, uh, we have more stories of unanswered prayer than answered prayer. And, and as we look at the mystery of unanswered prayer, the part of the Lord's Prayer that we've been using as we've been going through this series, uh, the part of the Lord's Prayer that we're going to rest our study on today is when Jesus taught us to pray, Your will be done. What does it mean to pray, Your will be done? You know... There's a biblical reality that really grabs me as we look at the experience uh, of unanswered prayer. The writers of the Bible seem to be just far more upfront and honest about unanswered prayer than most of us who attend church are. Sometimes prayer disappoints us deeply and, and we respond by shaking our fists at God in anger or, or we just walk away from God uh, saying prayer doesn't work, God doesn't uh, care, forget this. But when you read about Jesus in the four Gospels, the, the Gospel writers don't cover up Jesus' own experience of disappointment with prayer. Well, let's take a look at uh, some of Jesus' prayers. Uh, on one occasion, Jesus prayed for a blind man who only got half healed. The guy could see people, but they, they looked like trees. So Jesus had to pray again. Ever have to pray again? I sure have. Some of us are familiar with the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was aware of what lays before him. He knows that the death he's about to face is going to be one brutal experience. In the Garden, he pleads with his Father, take this cup from me. And his Father says no. 
Later on the cross, Jesus cries out as he's completely abandoned by his father, my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? And as he cries out, the response, it's just, he's just met with silence. Ever hit a wall of silence when you pray? Jesus did. And there's at least one of Jesus' prayers that remain unanswered to this day. It's, it's where Jesus prayed about us, the church, that they may be brought to complete unity. But the reality is, uh, the church is far from united. My point is, if Jesus, in his humanness, had to work through disappointment about prayer, if, if some of his prayers were met with silence or, or just not answered at all, and, and by the way, the Bible sees no shame in that, hey, we too should not be surprised that we will experience disappointment when we have unanswered prayer. Let, let's go back to the Garden of Gethsemane because this is really where we see how to wrestle with uh, silence and unanswered prayer. He, here we see Jesus suffering pain at every possible level, physically, uh, psychologically, and spiritually. Jesus said, my spirit is overwhelmed to the point of death. And the Apostle Luke tells us, and being in anguish, he prayed all the more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Here is a man experiencing unimaginable levels of stress. Friends, no matter what you're going through, no matter how distant God seems from you right now, Jesus truly understands you. He's gone ahead of you and experienced extreme pain and disorientation. He has experienced extreme mental anguish. Okay. As we look at Jesus praying in, in Gethsemane, there are several things that I would like you to see. To start off, the uh, Apostle Mark tells us that Jesus took Peter, James, and John along with them and, and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Here's what I want you to see. I mean, you really got to see this. In his pain and anguish, Jesus wanted his three best friends right there with him. This was his darkest hour, and he didn't want to go it alone. And get this, Jesus didn't try to put on a brave face. He didn't pretend to be okay. He wanted, he needed friends to be with him and to watch over him and pray. What do so many of us do in our pain and anguish? We, we put on a brave face, you know, we, we pretend that we're okay. Not Jesus. What do we do? Some of us, we just withdraw and we go into self-isolation. Jesus, he reached out for help. He wanted his friends to be right there with him and to be praying for him. Friends, if Jesus reached out for help and asked his friends to watch over him and pray, shouldn't we do the same? There's power in community. There's power when we ask others to pray for us. That's why every week, every week we encourage you to send your prayer request to our prayer team. Okay. After Jesus got his closest friends praying for him, what did he do next? He made a decision to push into prayer. Luke writes, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. I mean, that's pushing into prayer. That's, that's really pushing hard into prayer. Let's look a little more deeply at this because Luke lets us uh, listen in on the actual prayer of Jesus in his darkest hour. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not, not what I will, but what you will. 
As Jesus pushed into prayer, let me give you three things that Jesus did in prayer. This comes from the prayer course, and these are three things that we should do as we hit really tough times, at times when God seems far away and distant. Number one, you say, Abba, Father. And as you say, Abba, Father, you hold on to God's love. What do I mean? When Jesus was overwhelmed, I mean, he just anchors himself in the love of God. He uses one of the most intimate terms that we can use when we pray to God. Abba, Father, it's almost like saying Daddy. This is our Father, our Dad, our Papa, who deeply loves us. In times of distress, when we cry out to God for deliverance, and, and the deliverance doesn't seem to be coming, we cry out, Abba, Father, we cry out, Dad, help me. Let me tell you, as a pastor, one of the things I hear so often from folk when, when, when maybe it's a relationship that's falling apart or when you get let go from a job or when a child dies, just tragic times. So often people say to me when they've been hit hard by life, if God really cared for me, he wouldn't have let that happen. He wouldn't have let me go through this. If God really loved me, he would have healed her. Friends, Jesus in his darkest hour, he doesn't go there. He prayed to be delivered from the cross, but as he prays, he, he never doubts the love of God, the love of the Father for him. For Jesus, the love of the Father was a non-negotiable. Whether God answers prayer or not, God's love is non-negotiable. Friends, we may not understand why God is allowing a situation to continue, but we can sure choose to trust him and to trust in the love of our Abba Father. Notice the second thing that Jesus did that, that we need to do. Number two, you say everything is possible for you as you hold on to God's power. Sometimes when a prayer goes unanswered, someone will say to me, Doug, if, if God really had the power, he would have healed my son. He, he would have prevented the accident. He would have let me keep my job. Doug, the God you talk about doesn't seem to have much power. Jesus didn't do that. Up front, he states everything is possible that God, his Father, is all-powerful. Jesus never questions that God is able to answer his prayer. And so Jesus, he hangs on to the love of his Father. He's convinced that his Father has the power. And so, a third thing, he just, he just prays his heart out to God. Number three, you say, take this cup from me as you, you know, pray a deeply honest prayer. Again, Jesus affirms his love for his Father. He knows he's got the power. And then Jesus prays a very vulnerable, honest prayer. And when you think about this prayer in particular, it really is an unbiblical prayer. I mean, we just know that what Jesus is praying here is not the will of his Father. And so we see the human side of Jesus. He's fragile, and, and being fragile, he's deeply honest, even if it means praying outside of the will of God, and, and, and he knows this. But in effect, he's saying, Abba, I'm scared. Help me. I don't want to suffer. Friends, I, I want you to get this. Jesus' prayer here means we can pray imperfect prayers. We can pray honestly and with a whole pile of emotion. We can even pray improperly. It's okay just to pour your heart out to God to just what it's feeling. And you know, you can pray whether it's in God's will or not because sometimes there's, there's just comfort in healing and coming close to our Father. But like Jesus, there is a spot we need to ultimately arrive at and 
This is our fourth thing where you say, not my will, but yours be done as you pray a prayer of surrender. You know, Jesus in his humanness may not have wanted God's will, but he chose it nevertheless. Jesus models for us the ultimate trust in his Father God. You know, when I pray, I I do try to listen to get a sense of God's will about what I'm praying about. But sometimes as I just pray, uh, I, I know what my will is, but sometimes all I get in response is silence. But for me, you know, sometimes the need is so great, the hurt is so strong, all I can do is cry out to God in my hurt, with my need, And I do so because I know God loves me and I know that he is able. I've seen him deliver before, so I pour out my heart with all of its anguish to him. And you know, even in the silence, God works in me. And hey, here's where our Christian faith really becomes real. You know, when all I get is silence and there is no real answer to my prayer, I still hang on to the God who loves me, right? That's faith. I still believe that he's in full control. I know that he is able. I don't doubt in the dark what God has taught me in the light. I I never doubt that God's purposes are best. And sometimes in just pouring it all out to him, that's all I need. And God brings healing. And as I pour my heart out to God, I also remember Jesus in the garden, that Jesus surrendered to the will of his Father, knowing that it would be excruciatingly painful, not my will, but yours be done. Friends, there is a cost to following Jesus, and the cost is trust and surrender, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't feel good. And you may never see the reason for why your prayer remained unanswered until eternity. Hey, there are all sorts of reasons why prayer may remain unanswered. Our motives might be a little little shaky. Our our requests can be totally selfish. We'll, We'll be talking about spiritual warfare in a couple of weeks, but sometimes our prayers aren't answered because there's some unseen stuff going on in the spiritual realms that are hindering our prayers. We'll get there in a couple of weeks. Sometimes God in his sovereignty chooses to allow the laws of nature to run their course. Sometimes God just has another plan. If our faith only works when things are going our way, right? That's not really faith. Faith um, hangs on to God in the good times and the bad. Faith never doubts the goodness of God. Faith knows that God is able and, and faith believes that even though I can't make sense of whatever it is that I'm in the middle of, God's purposes will prevail. Faith says that I will keep following Jesus no matter what. What did Jesus do when things got really dark in his life, when when he got real scared about what the next day might bring, when, when his father God was being really silent with him? What did he do? He grabbed his closest friends and he asked them to be with him and to pray with him. He pushed hard into prayer. He, he was brutally honest in prayer. And, and as Jesus prayed, what do we see? He never doubted the love of his Abba Father. He never doubted that his Father could do anything. And ultimately, he surrendered his will to the will of his Father, not my will, but yours be done. And I really do look forward to eternity, to heaven, where we will discover the reasons or some of the reasons for God saying no to this prayer or to that prayer. 
where I will discover that some of the best answers God could have ever given to me were those times when he said no. Our God delights to answer prayer, but sometimes his answers are no. Sometimes his answers are not yet. But don't stop praying. Hang on to God's love. Know that he is able. But also understand that true faith trusts God in the dark, not just in the light. Join me for a time of prayer where we surrender our wills to God's will. Take this prayer that I'm about to pray and, and make it your own personal prayer. Will you join me? Abba Father, I know that through it all you love me, that you are for me, that you have my best interests at heart. And I know through it all that you're able to do more than I could ever ask or imagine. Just, just tell them that. But Father, I admit, I don't always know what I should be praying for. I, I know what I want, but I know that my wants aren't always your wants. And I know you're the one who really knows what I need. And so I give myself to you. I open my heart up fully to you. I surrender my life to you and to your ways. My ultimate desire, God, is to accomplish your will and to have you accomplish your will through me. Lead me as I pray. Let me hear your voice as I seek to align my life with yours. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.